Welcome to the Adventure Life Podcast, where we are finding adventure in the God of every day. And now your host, Will Ratcliffe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, have I got a podcast for you today. I, I've got to tell you, I was excited about the idea of this podcast before I even asked my guests today to do it. And I thought the idea was pretty great. You know when you have an idea and then the reality wasn't as great as what it was? It was in your head. Oh my gosh. Well, this one was so much better than the idea that I had in my head. I just can't even tell you how excited I am to share this conversation with you. I don't know if you can tell in my voice, but just finished up this conversation. I've been thinking about it since then. I, I know I've said it before, but this one, this one I think is going to blow you away. My guest for today, Arnita Willis Taylor. Arnita Willis-Taylor is someone who I've actually gotten to know through my work at the college where I'm on staff. She's doing some work with our anti-racism team that I'm helping coordinate. And we have a mutual friend in Wayne Jacobson who's also been on the podcast. So they, along with Bob Prater, wrote A Language of Healing for a Polarized Nation, which is such a needed book right now. After Arnita and I had done some work together and talked some, I just had this nudge. You know, we've talked about nudges before, following the nudges from the Father. So I just had this nudge that I needed to get her on the show, talk about disruption, what it means to be a disruptor. Then when I mentioned it to her, I just had to mention, hey, do you want to be on, the, on my podcast? She was on board before I even mentioned the topic I wanted to talk about. And then when I mentioned the topic, she, she just said, oh, yeah, I, I don't even need to know what you're going to ask. I can, I can talk about that all day. And we had just such a great conversation about this topic of, of disruption, being a disruptor. I'm still processing what we talked about. And I know that I will be chewing on this stuff for days and weeks, probably even months. It's just so, so good. Arnita is an author, a leadership consultant, just a fun person to be around. She is so dynamic. She introduces herself in our conversation. But if you want to know more about Arnita, then we share that at the end, how you can connect with her, where you can connect with her. And friends, I hope you enjoy listening into this conversation with Arnita and I as much as I enjoyed having it. So without further ado, Arnita Willis-Taylor, folks. Arnita Willis-Taylor, welcome to the Adventure Life Podcast. It's good to have you here. Thank you for having me, Will. I'm so grateful to be here and excited about our conversation. Yeah, I am too. And so I know we haven't known each other a super long time, but I have definitely enjoyed our interactions. And I was thinking, you know, after I invited you to come and and be on on the podcast, you know, I know you're a person of faith because, you know, I've read the, the book that you co-authored with Wayne Jacobson and Bob Prater. But we've never had that conversation, so I'm, I'm excited to dig into that a little bit today. Well, you know, I'm excited to get to talk about that. It's a little bit different than the conversations I've been involved in uh, in the past two or three years out loud. You know, not that I haven't had those conversations before. So I'm excited to talk about a faith component today. Yes, and I, we also, I want to talk with you about disruption and, and what it means to be a disruptor. And I don't know... If you've listened to the podcast, and that's fine. If not, but the whole you know the whole idea of the Adventure Life podcast is how just God draws us into this daily adventure of living, you know, and it's it's this day by day thing. And so, you know, uh, before we get in kind of the disruption and that, and I would, you know, I'd like for people to get to know you a little bit. And so, if you want to share 
you know, who's, who's Arnita? What, you know, what's your story? What's, what's your background? Oh, wow. So much, so much to this one little person here, but, uh, my background, I'm from the middle Tennessee area and educated and went to college in, in Tennessee and, uh, moved to Dallas with my husband. So, and my husband, my two children, we lived in, we still live in Dallas, our children don't, but we still do. And uh, my primary career was clinical laboratory scientist. And uh, so I did that for about 20 something years, still love that. But um, then I went into pastoral ministry and went and got some, did some graduate work with leadership development because I really found, found that I liked that a lot. And that was probably a lot, little bit more in keeping for, with purpose and where I wanted to be. And then I launched a company called Eight Leadership Development Group. And so I help leaders become better as leaders in teams and organizations uh, uh, just be better as they operate for effectiveness and just better and able to relate better to each other. So that's kind of what I do now. Uh, I like to cook. I like to sing. I like to flowers. I like art. I'm just all over the place. I'm really a left brain, right brain person. And God loves all of it because he made all of it. And so it's all good. That's true. Yeah, I can definitely <laughs> commiserate on the left brain, right brain, because I can be very analytical, but also have a very artistic and creative side. And so I love it. That's great. There's some things I'm learning about you already I did not know. So that's good. <laughs> so you know, like I said, we want to talk about disruption and being a disruptor. And so, you know, first of all, I, I, w I would love to hear how you would de define that. How would you define disruption and and what does it mean to be a disruptor to you? You know, I, I, I think it's a, let me tell you where I first heard the word. When I got out of graduate school, I, I won this award uh, for being a disruptive innovator. And to be honest with you, I had to go look it up. I was like, okay, so what is that again? And so I went to look it up. And I, I think disruption is just interrupting patterns. Now, I don't think it's that fancy of a word. I just don't think we use it a lot. Um, anytime you interrupt a process or a way of thinking or uh, a pattern or habit that you're doing, you're, you're actually operating in disruption. When we wrote the book, what I understood is a lot of people see a negative connotation to disruption. I don't. So um, it's just interrupting a pattern and going in another direction or at least stop stopping yourself long enough to think about why you are where you are and why you're doing what you're doing. So I think that's what it means to be a disruptor. We're all disruptors. Uh, you know, if you've ever decided I'm going to lose 10 pounds, you're disrupting something. Or I'm right. going to talk to someone different, you're disrupting something. Or I'm going to be better in my prayer life, you're going to disrupt something. So I, I think we are disruptors all the time. We just don't use that language. Uh, but it is certainly part of anyone who can go toward changing you're going to be a disruptor to some degree. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking too, that, you know, I feel like God is a God of dis disruption. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I think too, people can see that in a negative light, like you were saying, whether it's in my own life or just God disrupting something in me to teach me something or to call me to something different. Uh, how do you see that, you know, your experience with disruption and, you know, that faith kind of intermingling? You know, I cannot think of a place more normalized for disruption than a faith walk with God. I mean, everything about your faith walk when you come into the family of God is going to be for you going into being the likeness of Christ, which I have a lot of disruption to do oh, to get there. you and me both. <laughs> I speak by myself. I'll just speak for me today and not for any of your listeners, but just in general. 
disrupting old paradigms and having your mind renewed and doing what you don't want to do and not doing what you ought to do. All of that uh, is part of having a disruptive way of looking at faith. You know, I think God is like the ultimate disruptor because the minute I think he's going to do one thing in my humanness, he just blows it out of the water and does something else and goes, see, there's more to me there than you thought. And so don't put me in a box. So I think disruption is a normal activity of a faith walk. What do you think about that? I just think it's so normal there. We just don't call it. I do, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I think, I mean, if you just look through Scripture and the stories of, you know, love Abraham. Let's start with Abraham. You know, disruption. Abraham's just kind of doing the thing. God said, hey, I'm going to call you out of where you are, and I'm going to move you somewhere you don't even know. Yeah. And so his, just his life, you know, disruption. Look at Joseph. Yeah. Disru- <laughs> you know, from his brothers to God calling him, you know, to this, you know, this grand future. And, but then he had to go, you know, he went through the, the pit and the, and prison and all this stuff, you know, just constant. Just, yeah. So I think absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, that the, you know, our place of faith is a place of just major disrupt, you know, as we grow, if we really want to grow, then it's going to be a, a, that sense of constant disruption. Yeah. So, and it, I think disruption di- directly links with obedience. You know, uh, the other day I was reading the story of, you know, Jonah and Nineveh, and I'm thinking, wow, when you look at um, really the deepness, the backstory of that, you know, God was asking Jonah to go back to the Assyrians that had oppressed his people. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. So disruption and obedience. I mean, they kind of they kind of flow together. And often that's when we see it come up, particularly in our faith walk is. It's when we've got to, do, we know God is telling us to do something, but it is disrupting every thought and every muscle and every bone in our body and every gray and white cell in our brain to go toward it. But often uh, I find that those two run in close proximity to each other. Yeah, absolutely. So what what have been some of your your stories about disruption and being a disruptor that, that you'd like to share? You know... I just think from the very beginning, I'm a 60s baby, and I think going back to my childhood, it was really funny that I always loved, you know, I always loved different cultures and different things, but I always really loved church. You know, I I was always in the church with my great uncles and aunts, and they were deacons, and we were always there, and I've always loved church. I've always loved faith. I can remember as a as a teenager, I would just read the Bible ferociously and and ask everybody all the questions nobody wanted to be asked. And so uh, just going in with that curiosity and just being a disruptor in, in questions like that. I can remember being in Sunday school going, why can't we dance? It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. David, dance. So, yeah, so, sounds like you were an early disruptor. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, I do think sometimes, Will, that is a little bit more indigenous to some personality types than others. But as a child, I don't think, you know, my full personality was there, but it wasn't there. So I just think just in relationships and going toward things that are different, I've always done that. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. um, One of one of the main places in the last 10, 20 years was going toward a different faith uh, house of God. You know, I I left an African-American faith experience going into a predominantly white evangelical 
church experience, that was probably a lot more radical than I realized at the time. Again, I think disruption and obedience, I was just trying to be where I thought God wanted me to be, that I knew right. where God wanted me to be. So I, I do very much see those things going together. But I, I don't think I realized how uncommon, unorthodox that really is until until I was over there uh, in a whole different, you know, still the body of Christ, but a whole different expression, a whole different worship style, a whole different way to do things. Uh, so, you know, I think I've always been a disruptor, just even, you know, with the book and just talking about some of the stories. Most people haven't heard those stories, you know. I don't I don't walk around talking about uh, stories about racial impropriety and, thing and things in my life, but just that it, that in and of itself, the conversations that I have, most people would rather slit their wrists than have. So I didn't understand that either. <laughs> that it was quite that disruptive. But um, I just think going toward something that's really not normal or maybe something you haven't even thought about your thought that you would do. Um, we all have those stories. It's just when we sit down and say, you know, I was pretty disruptive there. I was disruptive there when I set a boundary uh, with people who have never had a boundary set. So, Yeah. So going back to when you were younger, to, and asking questions, because I know a lot of faith communities don't necessarily embrace question asking or, you know, so how, how, how was that received when you were younger and, you know, asking these questions? Well, it wasn't received well. It just wasn't received well. You know, uh, I think in one part of my childhood, probably my teens, late teens, I asked so many questions. The answer, um, to the people at the church was, we just need to marry her off to a pastor. Because the questions oh, wow. that I asked probably could be uh, better answered if I was just married to a pastor. Not a pastor myself, as I am. <laughs> they didn't recognize <laughs> I was the pastor, but they need to marry me off to one. And so they were trying to fit what they saw to be very godly into a package that made everybody comfortable, but it didn't make me comfortable. So, uh, yeah, just questions. I can remember having some conversations early on with people who uh, was like, well, the, when I really first started challenging fundamentalism a lot and really going toward, yeah, I love the word, love the doctrine, but there's more. I can remember having conversations with some people and they would tell me, if you ever tell anybody we had this conversation, I will categorically deny it. And I thought, man, I'm on to something. <laughs> if you're willing to do that, I really must be on to something. And just being able to just ebb and flow in those conversations, just, just kind of go, okay, well, okay, God, that's that's pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's never easy to question status quo, uh, question tradition, question what people have been taught and never really searched out for their own on their own. Having a scientific mind, an analytical brain, uh, critical thinking, you know, we I read the word and I'm looking for all of that. What was the context and all of that? Uh, that's that's unlike most people. And so just having that curiosity, which I think is a huge bonus when it comes to being disruptive, just being curious that there's something else. Right. Why do you think people are so uncomfortable with those with those questions and not wanting to be disrupted. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we'll, it's because they often, when you ask people a question, they feel like they have to have an answer. 
I wasn't even that girl. You didn't have to have an answer. You could tell me, I don't know. But I think sometimes when you ask people a question that A, may jar some of their value stream, B, they don't know the answer, C, they may have thought of it themselves and just not have a way to, uh, you know, not, not work through it. I think it makes people very uncomfortable because it challenges their own paradigms. And uh, the minute you do that, it's just never fun. But I, I was just so interested in the fact that some people would have the conversations, but they would say, no, you can't tell anybody. And so you, then you start realizing, wow, they're kind of in a system of thought that they really can't express themselves. And so, which, you know, again, I was so young, I didn't know that. Now I know that. But uh, it's just always interesting. I think when your values right. start to get chipped away at, or at least challenged, you don't have to change your values because I asked you a question, but you do have to consider them. And um, I think that's part of it, value stream. Yeah. And I heard it recently, you know, a couple of guys talking on a, another podcast recently, conservative faith, it comes as a package deal. And so it's, it's not just, you know, you get to choose your own adventure or pick your own beliefs, but it, you know, it's all of these beliefs kind of presented to you in one package. And so you start questioning one thing. That's kind of like, you know, if you can picture the Jenga, if you've ever played Jenga, the game, you know, it's like, what happens if I remove that one piece? Is it, is the whole tower just going to tumble down? So I thought that was a really good perspective because I had never really thought about it before in that way. Cause I've, I've been through a process of the last decade where I've just started, you know, have not just started, but you know, really question beliefs. It's like, well, do I really believe this? And okay, if, if I do, then why? And so, yeah, I think people think that it, it's more like the Jenga game. Right? So, yes. Well, I'm terrible at that game. I normally, I'm so terrible at that game. Look, I have such a perfectionism complex that I'm a recovering perfectionist that that game just totally gets on my nerve. It totally gets on my nerve because I'm thinking, okay, I can pull one thing out and it's going to be loud and noisy and it's all going to collapse on me. And so I, I'm really terrible at that game, but that's a great analogy to it. You know, at some point uh, we start to deconstruct things that we've been, we've learned and, and we're working through it and wrestling with it as well. But um, yeah, deconstruction is a thing, you know, and, and when you think of faith, uh, leaving the faith of your youth or the faith that you've been in for a long time for that adventure or that, oh my, I know there's more to you, God, than this right here, or God, I know that there's more to your ways, uh, not just the word I'm reading. Of course, that's part of it, but uh, I remember very young um, modeling Moses' prayer in scripture where he tells God, you know, I don't only want to know your word, I want to know your ways. And that one prayer totally shifted so much for me. Uh, I wanted to know the ways of God as much as I could, you know, I wanted, I wanted to feel you in the bigger context, God. I just don't want to feel you right here. I want to, I want to understand the bigger picture of what you're doing, which that's very terrifying for some people to do. It is. Yeah. So speaking of that, so what, what are some things that you've learned about God in, in this journey of disruption and being a disruptor? Oh man, you know, I, this, this is what I've learned, man, that, that in and of itself could be a book I could write, really. You may have just given me an idea. Uh, but you know, I've just, I just, I've just learned that God is so much more human, uh, not in a disrespectful way, but you know, he feels like I feel and he knows what I, what I'm thinking. And he's just so more present than I was taught in my early 
faith walk, you know, the Holy Spirit was never talked, not never talked about that the Holy Spirit indwells me. And there's still some, you know, religions that don't believe that and some walks of faith that don't believe that, but how he's ever present to guide me and teach me and to bring me into truth. Uh, that is just so refreshing to me. Uh, even before like today, someone asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm doing a podcast. It's on faith. And I'm so excited. And they were like, what are you going to say? I said, I don't know. They were like, what do you mean? You don't know. And I said, you know, I prayed. I know wheel and I prayed and I'm just going to get on there and talk. And they were like, I could not do that. I think, well, of course you could. But then, then again, maybe not, maybe not. I just, I don't feel like I'm going to say something wrong where I've been invited here uh, by you to, to talk about God. And so I, I just think the humanness of God and um, the understanding of God, you know, I see him as being a very, uh, fun, not fun in a disrespectful way, because I know some people will hear that and think I'm being jokey jokey. I'm not. But just being a lot more uh, not legalistic, you know, a, a lot more go with the flow. Hey, I love you in, in the middle of this and let me show you a better way. And just, you know, just it's as, as more of a parent, parent that's teaching me how to go in, in, in the ways of God. And so, you know, I love that aspect of God, just seeing him as human and not as this big person in the sky with a beat down stick that I grew up thinking. <laughs> Sounds like we yeah. grew up in similar, similar <laughs> circumstances. You know, legalism is one of the legalism is one of the hardest things to disrupt. Really. Absolutely. I think if you can disrupt legalistic thinking and mentality, you are way ahead in disrupting other things. And so I think I had my first real disruption there. Uh, and so it's easier for me to walk in it in other parts of my life, but it is really difficult. I remember when I started to walk out of, um, I went to a church that told people we were the only church going to heaven. And uh, I remember when I started walking out of that, my friends would look at me and go, you scare me. Well, that's, that's different when your friends are going, you scared me. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out myself with God and, uh, but you no longer fit the system or the program and you're discon you're deconstructing and they're like, no, we're constructing more over here and you don't fit yeah. anymore. And you don't fit that in and of itself is disruptive, um, but it's yeah. so necessary and so good. So such a good process, but it's hard to explain until it you've is. done it and have the benefit of it. So they, they were scared because of the direction you were going and they didn't, they didn't get it or understand it. Sure. Sure. You, you scare me now. You don't think like us anymore. Uh, you're, you're asking questions that we would never ask. Uh, what is wrong with you? You are off your rocker. Now, fast forward 20, 30 years, those people call me for counsel. <laughs> of course. <Right. laughs> <laughs> but in the moment, you know, it, it's, it doesn't feel that way because you do become so different in another way um, that people just, it, it sees it sees you to reject you than to interfere you than to pull you in and go uh, tell me more that that wasn't my experience that wasn't my experience yeah so if people you know are having some thought you know they're having some questions they're like you know I might want to go down this journey of being a disruptor or, you know you know and I think again if we're if we're growing we're always going to be disrupting or God's going to be disrupting us. I think we're always going to be just deconstructing things as well, because we, you know, we can't understand everything fully. Uh, you know, we're always learning, I think, and growing. 
so but someone you know it's like how you know how can i kind of wet and being a disruptor and sounds and sounds intriguing how would you encourage them to kind of dip their toe in or you know th this is what i would say i don't i don't know that there's a formula on how to do it again i think people disrupt more than they think they do they just don't give it that but this is what i will say the very fact that you have an inkling that you might want to do it is probably a pretty good sign that you may be being drawn in that direction but what i'll need to say is um, the times that I've really gone toward disruption, I am not fully convinced, even though I'm going toward it. Okay. So, you know, I'm going towards something new and different, but I'm not convinced that that's the thing I want. I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's the right thing. So you kind of have to do it with an air of an uncertainty, which makes some of us crazy. Um, uh, but I think that's going to be a normal part of um, going toward being more disruptive. Uh, if you're kind of tired of some things being rote, you, they're kind of rote and boring. That's probably a sign that there's an opportunity for disruption. Again, I said um, a faith walk in and of itself for me has been so disruptive, so disruptive. It just, you know, the minute I think God is just this, he goes, whoo and there's something else and, and there's something else and there's something else. And um, so I, I think just understanding that you may not be fully convinced, but you'll you'll probably have to do it not afraid, but uncertain, you know. And that's part of building the faith walk as you go toward it. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said, and I think it's very key. And it's, you were talking about you know, if, if something is, has become rote and boring, a lot of times we'll stay in something that's, you know, that we feel like it's rote and boring and we've outgrown it, but it's because, well, that's what we're supposed to do. That we, That's what we should do. Or, you know, well, that's what a good Christian does, you know, is the, <laughs> and so, yeah, and I definitely think that that's worth diving into a little bit more just because who, who said that, you know, <laughs> says, says who, uh, yeah. You know, just be, and we get into those traditions, I think, uh, those even especially religious traditions, and we just continue to do those things, even though we've outgrown. And even sometimes God may have already left and moved on, but we're still stuck in those things just because that's what we're supposed to do. So can, can you speak to that a little bit more? Or? You know, I think you did a great job. It's like, who said it? Who, who said I had to stay here? I think the very, the very... Um, bit of awareness and consciousness that you are bored and wrote. Maybe the invitation from God to go toward something disruptive. That in and of itself may just be what it takes. And if you're waiting for permission, who are you waiting for permission from? Uh, again, I've seen people stay in areas and places and houses of God where they have just outgrown. You know, they've heard the sermon 80 times and Instead of uh, them going out and probably building or planning or being part of a startup church and giving, they're still here trying to receive. And it's just boring them to tears. So maybe the very boredom and the very status quo nature that you're feeling is your invitation to disrupt. But who are you, what, who are you looking for permission from? I think that's what it goes back to. Uh, perhaps you pray and you ask God, is this a sign that it's time for me to move on to something else? Direct me. He will. Uh, he'll answer that for you, but you're, you're right. 
sometimes we're waiting on someone to give us permission. Uh, right. We just need to make sure that someone is God, you know? Right. I think a lot of times, you know, leadership puts that back on that person. It's like, well, you're not, it's a, that, that there's something wrong with them or, well, you're not committed enough or you're not, you know, you, you've got a rebellious heart, a rebellious nature. And, and that starts, you know, that language starts getting yeah. kind of inputted into us. And, you know, I feel, I feel too, is that because I think that sometimes that leadership wants to, it's like, okay, I can't lose my people. I've got, yeah. <laughs> I've got to maintain the status quo or keep the, you know, keep the machine going at some point, And that becomes dangerous as well. So. It doesn't. You're right. Motives matter. You know, you know, motives matter. Who you talk to about it matters. The thing that I do know is good leadership. Now, you know, uh, I, that's what I do. It's my thing. I love it. Will will not invoke a lot of shilt, uh, guilt and shame. That that's not the mm-hmm. sign of good leadership in any context, but particularly not uh, spiritual context. Even though it's very common there, it's it's way less than ideal. Uh, you know, God has got a choice. We don't ever have to, to feel guilt and shame to stay there. But you're right. Uh, when you start feeling disruptive, you probably remember how I said I talked to a few people and they told me they would categorically deny it if right. I shared. You won't be able to talk to everybody about that. But there's going to be some people that you can talk uh, to about it. So you're, you're very you're very much right. Uh, yeah, that, that that was a very good uh, story there because often people will say no no don't go and it's like yeah but after a while you, you'll get it if you're praying about it um, we all have different courses charted for our lives and as spiritual leaders we should just understand that for the people who God entrusts us to lead or shepherd for a period of time we are the under shepherd we are not the shepherd so um Maybe maybe it's time for them to move on. I don't know. A lot of different thoughts there. Again, we could do one on leadership alone and, and go in a little bit more on that maybe one day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I know being a disruptor can be a lonely journey, too. And yeah. so, you know, if, if people find themselves, all right, I've stepped out and holy cow, I can't see anyone around me that's supporting me. Yeah. How, how would you encourage them? First of all, to understand there is going to be the tension of the discomfort and the loneliness. It's it that's part of it. Um, even if you read in a lot of biblical stories, if you're looking for that tension and discomfort, you can find it in the stories that you even listed today. You can find it. That that's just kind of part of it. But uh, I'd like to challenge that person to think more about their purpose and what they're supposed to contribute. And that doesn't have to look like everybody else's. And that's okay because you're uniquely and individually and specifically made anyway. Uh, So if you can go more toward a purpose value, it's a little bit easier. But you may not have a lot of people rolling along with you. That's just going to be part of it. The tension of being lonely or uncomfortable is going to be there. But I promise you there's going to be those people are going to show back up again. Uh, it just kind of when change happens, you know, it's just kind of that shock tone, that that time that everybody's just got to get used to it. And then they come along again. But again, you just have to reckon with understanding that that's going to be a little bit of the process, if not a lot bit of the process. So. <laughs> yeah, like you said, you might be 
down the road counseling the the very people that <laughs> that reject you or are scared of you in the beginning, right? And isn't that biblical? <laughs> so we have stories of that. Okay, isn't that a real God thing? Oh, absolutely. So, I think one of the other things I like to say about disruption is understand uh, there's there's a uh, an explicit explicit um, showing of disruption and then there's an implicit meaning what's happening on the inside to me I think what's happening on the inside is harder than what happens when people see it on the outside there are other people who will think the exact opposite Um, I think internal disruption and working through stuff I do that for a long time like years like years like decades uh, I wrestle through some things before you see the outward expression of that. And I think just letting people know, it may take a while. It may take some decades. It certainly may not. It's not going to be microwavable when it's real, when you're going toward real change, because it's going to be disruptive. Uh, changing what the way you think and what you do is very disruptive. But I think Again, for me, the, the struggle was a little bit more internally. By the time I was ready to show the world, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I wrestle with this. I don't have a choice. I am going in this direction. And okay, if you like it, great. And if you don't, that's okay too. But I'm, I'm going to do this. So I, I think that's necessary for your listeners to hear. The tension and all of that is, is part of it. And I know you, you know you also talked about uncertainty and going yeah. down the road of disruption and you know, if, if I think that's a, a tough thing, but I, you know, I want to, I just wanted to ask what, you know, what can you tell people, you know, if someone's like, okay, I think this may be right, but can I, is there a way to know uh, that it is the right direction or, or how do I, how, you know, I don't know if that question, but how do I navigate that uncertainty at the same time? Uh, you know, I feel like I'm going in the right direction. How does, how do I, how do I do that? You know what? I, I do not have the answer, but this is what I'll know. This is what I know. You navigate it one step at a time, one step at a time, and you just kind of go forward. Uh, my personality, I'm going to go forward to hit, till I hit a cement brick wall. Uh, other people are not. They're going to get their toe punched and they're going to come back. And so I just think, understand that there will you will be tentative in doing some of this, but just keep going forward and see where it leads you. Okay, come on. Let's be honest. God loves you. There's nothing you can do to gain anymore or lose it. Okay? Right. So just being secure in that can help you walk through other levels. I don't, I don't know what he's preparing you for down the road. I don't know what what your family will need from you down the road, but God does. And so normally there's a reason that you're going toward that thing, even though you're going tentatively, um, just kind of part of the process. But I, as I'm saying it, I understand that it's so overwhelming to some people, uh, more, some more than others, but, but still that tentativeness and uncertainty is part of the process, which is what builds your faith muscles. Right. Yeah. You know, faith is about risk. You know, um, it is. Yeah, I used to be a, a ropes course facilitator, and there was this one one element that we would we had on it. I worked in a couple of different camps outside of Seattle for a while, and there was this one element. It was called um, the Multivine Traverse, and I always related it to our faith walk. 
in that you, so you're standing on one cable about 30 feet off the ground and you're hooked. I don't, even like, the way, I don't even like the name of it. I don't, I, you know, I'm thinking what in the world is he talking about? Multi-vines yeah. and traverse. I'm not swinging <laughs> in a tree or walking on a rope, but you well, keep not, going with the story. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah. And you don't, you're not swinging, but you're, you're tied in, you know, to a cable above and then there's these, they're vines, but they're ropes, you know, hanging down. But as you go across, they get further and further apart. So you have to really stretch, you know, your arms out to, to reach uh-huh. the next one. And as you go, it gets further and further and you're, you know, balancing out there. And so I always like to, you know, that, to uh, equate that with with the way God grows our faith, because it's you know a little yeah. bit of, He stretches us a little bit of time, and then the next time it's a little bit more, and the next yeah. you know can be a little bit more, and so yeah, it's uh, you know you're talking about resistance, like coming up and meeting resistance, and how how would you encourage someone? It's like okay, I'm, I'm meeting resistance. How do I know it's either a sign from God that okay this isn't the direction, or or I'm supposed to just you know it's it's a faith grower. And I'm supposed to bust through and, and just and keep keep trucking. You know, I, I cannot think of anything that's a better prayer assignment for you than praying about that. Uh, again, there's, there's so much of the, the process you don't know. You know, this is what I'll say. Sometimes when I'm uh, facing resistance, I know I'm absolutely going in the right direction, even though it's uncomfortable for me. Other times I face resistance and it'll, it will literally take my breath and I'll have to stop. Uh, so all resistance is not created equal. Let me just say that um, right. for the benefit of your listeners. And But it's a great opportunity for you to pray about it. Hey, feel this resistance. If this is you, come on. Help me. Give me the strength that I need from you to walk through it. If this is something I need to pause on, give me pause. Or, or tell me that the time is not now. Uh I, I think that's an incredible prayer assignment because let's face it, part of your faith walk has to be talking to God, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be talking to the guy who charted the course. <laughs> so yeah. uh, if you're not doing that back up, scratch everything I said and, and do that first. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good, a good point because like, you know, I, I love what you're saying about not, you know, re- resistance is not created equal. There's different kinds of resistance. There's different feelings you get when you resist. And, I, and I, you know, I think the hard thing too, it's, you know, the whole, this whole concept of adventure life is, it's not a how to, it's a, you know, who do you, <laughs> you know, who, you, who you're connecting with and how God invites each of us. And we've all have our own journey. We've all have different adventures that he's inviting us to every day. And so I think some of it's hard because I, you know, we can't give, we just can't give you answers. Yeah. But we can give you, hey, we know it. We've been there. Uh, here's some things that you might be thinking about, or, you know. And so, yeah, I like that. That all resistance not not created. Equal. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. But you know, even as you're talking, there's still some big concepts that we all have. Again, we're uncertain. Some people call that fear, uh, tentativeness, tension. Uh, we all have those things. But again, I think those those big concepts are modeled perfectly in the scriptures for us by mm-hmm. regular old everyday people, you know, uh, which is why we gain so much encouragement from the word. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite verses talks about Elijah having a nature just like ours and, you know, prayed and, you know, his prayers were powerful and effective. And so I think mm-hmm. if we really look at 
scripture like that. These were these were men. They were women of faith. There were you know these stories. They're they're people. They're not superheroes. <laughs> yeah, they're people. They're people. And you know, I think it helps too when we will read the word for wisdom. Look at the big picture concept of wisdom. What is he trying to? What wisdom is he trying to give you in this? As you read that story, which wisdom? can you extract for yourself and go apply it? Uh, and I, I love that. You know, I, I am the chick who really that scripture about praying for wisdom. I, I don't know that there's a day I don't pray for wisdom. I, I ask God, you know, give me wisdom here. Uh, I see that. Help me put it together in my head and give me wisdom. Give me wisdom on what to say. Give me wisdom on what not to say. I probably need a whole lot more on what not to say than what to say. You might know that by now, Will. No, <laughs> no, I don't. You always have good things to say, in my experience. Yeah, I probably need to. I probably the opposite. I probably don't say enough. You know, I need to be bolder in in what I say. So, well, you know, the funny thing about it is, I'm glad you bring that up because it doesn't mean that you're not disruptive just because you're not loud. Oh, absolutely. You know. Just because you're not as vocal as I am, it, it doesn't mean that you're not disruptive. Yeah. Right. Quiet people can be very disruptive. You, y'all are thinkers. Y'all are deep thinkers. But when you move, you move. And when you think, when you speak, you have thought about it. And those things can be just as disruptive as someone who's way out in the open like I am. So it's not to judge, you know, how right. it's expressed. But disruption is part of every walk and not just a certain personality type, even though I think it's easier for some of us. Right. Extroverts. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point that, you know, disruption doesn't come in the same flavor all the time either. And so there's different ways and, and kind, you know, kinds of disruption that everyone can, can be involved in. Like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm disruptive when I don't say something. Right. You know, that can be as disruptive as saying something or doing something or, um, yeah, it, you know, you have to kind of look at the broader picture of, of being disruptive. Um, but I just hope after our talk today that your, your listeners will hear it as give it way more a positive connotation than a negative mm-hmm. one. Right. Because I think it gets a bad rap being negative when we see it throughout our lives. Particularly our faith life. Right. Well, I think too, yeah, that's a good point because if, you know, a lot of times we think about disruption, we think about interrupt, you know, it's interrupting my plans and my goals and things like that, which I mean, could be good. But at the same time, it could be that God's not necessarily calling us to that. He might be calling us to something, something different. And so, you know, we, we have to release our, (laughs) our plans at that point in that obedience, you know, that goes back to that obedience that you were talking about. Yeah, sure. I remember one day I uh, was still working, doing laboratory work, and I had a day off. And it was a beautiful day, probably a spring day. And I, I walked to my garage and I said, oh, God, it's such a beautiful day. Interrupt my day today. Now, I'm not thinking that he's getting ready to do this now, right? About 15 minutes after that, I get a call from my neighbor who needed a tool because he was at one of the, our friends from the church. And they needed this tool. He knew I had one because he was my neighbor. So he said, would you bring that over to us? And so when I got over, I said, sure, I'll bring it over to you. I'm just going to drop it off at the front door. When I got to the front door with the tool, they opened the door. And what I saw was absolutely unbelievable. They were literally removing a hoard uh, from one of our 
sisters at church. I was mortified. I was mortified. I remember seeing the look on their face going, oh my. There would have been no way I could have left. Put it that way. I was so, oh my gosh, I didn't know this is what you guys were doing. That I stayed that whole day and I went back two or other two to three other days just to help them clear out a horde of someone that I went to church with every week and would never have known that. And so when you ask God to start interrupting, he's going to do it. But as disruptive as that was um, to my day in the big scheme of things in my life, that taught me more wisdom. Uh, it taught me to look at people differently on Sunday who may be smiling and singing, who were going home to something very different. The wisdom that I gained in that one experience was overwhelming. And that's kind of why I want to encourage people to, hey, you know, kind of go with the flow, walk in it. God loves you. You're going to come out okay. And you just may gain something on the backside that you never even bargained for. Right. Yeah. Now you're talking about spiritual warfare, right? With that that scenario situation. Yeah, well, there would, there would have been no way I could have left. I was like, right. you asked me for a tool, but when I get there, I see so much more. And I'm like going, wow, I have to stay and help these people who are helping someone I know. But I was just so glad my day got interrupted. It's right. like, disrupt my day. And my day known, off. That would have been the answer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who would have known? that this would have been the answer. And God answered that prayer within 30 minutes. I went to my garage, I prayed it, and my phone rang. So that's right. uh, a good move. Well, yeah. spiritual warfare is always disruptive. Oh, yeah. You know, part, part of spiritual warfare for me, Will, was being growing up in uh, religion and fundamentalism that never taught me about spiritual warfare. You know, it just kind of, it was so disruptive to me because I, di I didn't know it was a thing. You know, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know that there will be forces of darkness coming against all the good stuff I'm doing. I just never, I just never got that. And so part of uh, the struggle with spiritual warfare is just knowing it's out there. Uh, you don't have to give it a lot of win. You win in God always, but just know it's out there because it will be a disruptor. I know people who have totally gone in the opposite direction when they hit spiritual warfare, which, you know, another strategy is to pray through it and push through it so that you you, you come on out of it because you, you will come out of it. So right. glad you brought that up. That's well, yeah, I, just, I know people may not understand the term horde, and so I just want to make sure that they knew that. Yeah, that, yeah. So. horde is in, yeah. Horde. It's what you see on hoarders. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, what other what other thoughts do you have? Let's kind of kind of wrap it up for today. You know, I don't I don't have any. I don't have a lot of thoughts. I just know that sometimes, you know, conformity is so important. But there are going to be times when you're going to need to disrupt your conformity. That's going to be a normal part of life, particularly a normal part of your faith walk. And I just don't want people to be afraid of it. Um, I'd love for people to embrace it. I know you have to do it individually, but I just want to encourage people to go toward it more so than away from it and look for the positiveness on the other side of it, because it's going to come. 
Uh, I'm not asking you to go do something illegal or against scripture or any of that. I'm just asking you to obey God in a lot of instances. And any time that we obey God and we surrender to his plan, we surrender to the better thing. His love will make sure that we surrender to the better thing. And I just want to encourage people to uh, allow their faith to be disruptive, disrupted enough to be able to surrender to the better thing. Because you're always, it's always going to be better, immeasurably more. Uh, it's always on the other side of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. This was great. Thank, uh, thank you. If people want to know more about you, learn more about you, where where can they find you? If you want to share about some of your, I know your leadership development blog or uh, site and things like that. Uh, well, actually, I have a website. This www.all three of my names are com, and you can find me there. Uh, a language of healing.com. You can find me there as well. And I'm happy to. He- I'd love to hear from uh, your listeners today after after this podcast as we talk about being disruptive and how they've seen it and how it's worked for the positive in their life and maybe even the not so positive. So I'd love to hear from from all of you. Well, great. Well, thank you again. Love to have you back anytime. Maybe next time we can talk about some leadership development yeah, or other topics. Let's so. Leadership stuff. We can talk about some spiritual leadership. I love that. Absolutely. Love that topic. But we'll do it again. That would be great. Thank you so much, Arnita. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. So was that great or was that great? I do want to clarify one thing. When Arnita was talking about being disrupted after praying, God answered her prayer with the neighbor coming over. She went over to the neighbor's house. She mentioned a horde. My mind immediately went to spiritual warfare. I actually thought um, Arnita was talking about a demonic horde, like a horde of demons infesting a person. But she was talking about someone who was a hoarder. So then she went over there and, and helped them clean that out. So she and I talked about that afterward. I just want to make that clear to you in case your mind went where mine did. And, of course, after that, I was thinking, man, did God answer your prayer in a big way? And he did, obviously, but just not in the way that I was thinking. So next week, I'm going to talk about some reflections on my conversation with Arnita. I've already had a lot, so I hope you'll join me. We got into so much good stuff in our conversation. And it's the next day right now, uh, the day after our conversation that I'm recording this, I am still processing things, thinking about everything that we talked about. So there's going to be a lot to dive into next week. But until then, my friends, live in the disruption that God invites you into this week. Let me know how it goes. You can email me at will at adventurelifeministries.com or reach out by any of my social media platforms. But until next time, grace and peace. Peace.